0: Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church?
1: Yeah, that's me.
0: Or do you think the church is out of touch?
1: Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City.
0: What? Where the hell is Sioux City?
1: Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this edition of Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon. I'm Father Travis Crotty. Good to be with you again. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. We hope that uh, some of our messages here and uh, just the exchange of ideas are helping nurture your faith. And Father Crowdy, it's good to be with you again on this episode.
0: Likewise. And Father Shane, as we mentioned on previous episodes, we backlogged so many episodes at Seek uh, 2023 that we're just recording for the first time in a while. Um, yeah. So we've had a lot of just adventures in our respective ministries uh, since Seek. Mm-hmm. Um, that brought us together. That brought a bunch of people to your uh, stomping grounds in St. Louis. Um, but yeah, I'm all sure, thousand, uh, yeah, seriously. Well, I'm sure I know myself, but I'm sure uh, even in your job, as you're pretty like locked down to Kenrick, you kind of have various uh, trips that come up with your secondary role as con- you know continuing to be the director of uh, seminarians for our diocese. -hmm. Where have your travels taken you? Where
1: in the world has Father Shane even gone? Where in the world? So, after Sikh, um, literally the day after Sikh, Father Hazing and I went to Rome. And uh, I know that sounds really exotic, but we have two men of our diocese studying over there at the North American College, the American Seminary in Rome. And Father Hazing, who's my boss here at the seminary, our rector, priest of Omaha, he and I went over to the Gregorian University because. Uh, we offer the STB, the Bachelor of Sacred Theology degree here, which is accredited through the Gregorian University in ah, yes, home. yes,
0: mine, mine is hanging yes. right here next to me.
1: Yes, it's probably on your wall. Um, that degree, you know, was up for a five-year renewal accreditation. Uh-huh. So we went over to the Gregorian to kind of go through that renewal process, and I wanted to check on our, our men from Sioux City, Father Zach Jones and uh, Thomas Kolash, who are studying over there. And uh, they're doing really well. It, it was... It was nice. The meetings went very well. It was really nice to kind of decompress away from St. Louis after such nice. an inti- yeah. intense yeah. week. Very, um,
0: very far away from St. Louis.
1: It was very far away you from St. Louis. You know, after St. spending Louis.
0: so much time in the Rome of the West, it's probably nice to go back to the, you know, the, <laughs> right. the original one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Here's what um, I care
0: about. Because, um, Father Shane, I still haven't got the chance. When, when, you, helped, when, you, when you enabled uh, a group of us to go on pilgrimage, to Italy and France. Okay. Yes. 2018. I don't remember if I don't know if you remember this, but we we arrived in Milan, jet lagged, and immediately just dropped our stuff off, but just immediately went to the huge Duomo Cathedral in the right. Central Piazza in, in Milan. And we popped up, we walk in, my jaw drops, I walk in and you look over at me, just kinda kinda father shane giggle and say uh just like it's pretty big huh and i was i think you might have said like bigger than verina i'm like just a little bit yeah it's huge and that that church is massive right like such a unique gothic uh church there but as we kind of like bustled down the you know some side street out of the piazza i just like you what you caught me glancing at just like a little cafe with a guy sitting outside with his cappuccino and paper just like hanging out of this piazza and i was like Oh man, like the longing, you could feel it. You could feel by, you know, the, the dissatisfaction of that. I couldn't just sit down with them and enjoy it. And you said, Travis, there's two ways to enjoy a, a European trip. You said mm-hmm. one is in two weeks, we see about as many churches as we can possibly pack into, pack into 14 <laughs> Which days. Which is what you side up for on that. Exactly. <laughs> and you, know, you said, you said, um, or you spend the whole day right there. And you said, we're not on that kind of trip. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so suck it up, suckles. So we're moving, moving on here. So keep moving. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my question is, what's the best food you had when you were in Rome?
1: Um, you know, there was a couple of restaurants that I really wanted to get to that they were closed. They took a week off, and that was the one week I was in town. Um, <laughs> Shoot, the day we landed was the day that Pope Benedict the tomb became available for public veneration. Wow! So Father Hazing and I, like within the very first like twelve hours, we were down there, uh, twenty four hours to I should pray say. For we him were at his we tomb. were down there praying for him. Um, getting to visit his tomb, because the funeral had just occurred a few days earlier. Wow! While we were there, uh, Cardinal Pell also died, Wow! and we were able to go to his uh, vigil service. I didn't go to the funeral, but w- I did go to the, the public vigil, and um, th- those were just powerful moments of prayer, but the whole city was quite empty. Huh? Um, there were so many tourists in town for Christmas and New Year's. And then there was this surge of people for Pope Benedict's uh, funeral. That afterwards, when everyone went home, and we showed up, a lot of restaurants and cafes <laughs> were shut down. Like and said, we need a break. Yeah. yeah, we're taking a break here. <laughs> There's not a, tourists is all left. You know, Christmas holidays are done. We're taking a break. Uh, so some of my favorite restaurants were closed, but that's all right. It's just good to go back and have a, an authentic, uh, you know, slice of pizza over there yeah. and, and pasta. That's we, great. we had a nice time. Wonderful. Uh, it was good to be back. And, and we, we lucked out. European weather in the winter can be extremely rainy. Like mm. it can rain for weeks. Um, and we really lucked out. We we had nice weather and, and the meetings really went well. And the Sioux City meeting did well.
0: Well, you got to, you know, be like living it up in, I guess, Rome, you know, um, as Father Zach Jones probably would have preferred to be where I was, which was the one and only Milford, Iowa, his hometown, you know, and I got to hang out and help out with the confirmation retreat and oh, experience uh, the off season at the lakes, which was a, which is fun. Very different than the summer. Very, very different. Very um, different. Also got to go to Remsen and Marcus, you know, mm-hmm. great, great uh, parish there now. Our uh, Nice. Holy name of, of Mary parish. Anyways, yes. it was good. Father Shane, what do you have for us today?
1: Father Karate. recently I was in a conversation with a colleague here at the seminary, and we were just kind of bantering, and this wasn't a moment of like, oh, we don't like our assignments, you know, the grass is greener elsewhere, hope we get a new assignment. That's not what was going on. We're we're comfortable in our assignments, and we're we're trying to do the will of the Lord here in obedience. But I, I did raise the question with one of these colleagues, and I said, if you were named a pastor tomorrow... If you're going into a brand new parish assignment tomorrow, what would you want to do? First thing. First thing. And he rattled off several things. And there's just one that I'd like to focus on for our conversation today. Again, this isn't because we don't like our assignments. It's more just kind of, it's fun to sit around and hypothesize uh, about what would be some very good first steps that you would like to do in a new assignment for the sake of evangelization.
0: Well, I think, I think too, this is really helpful. Just really quick little caveat. Specialized ministry is specialized ministry, and it's called that for a reason, right? You and I are both in specialized ministry. It's like the reason we're attracted to diocesan priesthood is th- the bulk of diocesan priesthood is parish ministry, right? Right. You got more experience in that than I did, and you're helping four men to go be parish priests, right? Right. The, the goal of seminary is not to just become a seminary formator. Like, <laughs> that would make right. any and sense. stay here you know? forever. That's not the point. <laughs> no, exactly. So it's like, in yeah. Your, yeah, so it's good that you guys are having these thoughts about, you know, parish life. So please continue.
1: Yeah. So one of, the, one of the things that he threw out there as an idea that he would love to go do in a parish upon arrival, uh, and I've heard this from others, and it's, it's worth talking about, it's worth sharing with our listeners, um, he would like to create a core team of trusted people that he would just like to pray with, that they pray over him, he prays with them, he prays over them, and they pray together about what is Jesus asking us for this parish here and now. Where are we discerning the Holy Spirit is prompting? What's the direction of our leadership? What's the direction of the parish? You know, uh, trajectory. What are the gifts and talents that are that are needing to be summoned forth from the people of God here in this location? Are there are there key you know ministries or perhaps personnel moves that need to be prayed over? Uh, again, that's not just to kind of have a committee uh, to pray through decisions. It's more of a committee to say. You know, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in in their midst. And to in that union, in that intimacy with Jesus, to, to bond with some very close trusted people who are going to be prayer warriors, but trusted people who know how to discern the movements of God and who can sense, you know, Father, I just think the Holy Spirit is inviting this right now. And for all of our listeners who have just tuned this out and said, oh, well, I guess Father Shane only wants to hang out with the mystics who have locutions yeah. every, single, every single day on their mountaintop experience. No, 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 no. <laughs> there are people like this all over, good, solid Catholics who are holy people who can pray and they can, they can just sense that things are welling up in their heart and the Holy Spirit is, is moving and, 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 and active in them and is inviting them to speak and to just say to maybe their pastor or to say one another in some of the leadership roles of a parish among staff members or key volunteers uh what about this how are we considering this uh, are we is our heart really resting in the lord and, and what is he considering us to do in a time like this so th- that was just one of the one of the things that he said he would love to do in a parish and it it just surfaced for me not only the need of, of that because i know some really healthy pastors I know some bishops who do that. They have a, a core team of prayer warriors that surround them, and they gather for prayer frequently. And this can be done among priests and and clergy, uh, but it can also be done among lay people. It can be done among religious. You know, um, whether it's a Knights of Columbus council, maybe it's the Catholic Daughters of America. There could be all. Maybe it's a youth ministry core team. Are we placing ourselves before the Lord in adoration? And are we are we asking the Holy Spirit to, to well up in us a renewed sense of zeal and love, but also to really discern where is the heart of Jesus uh, leading right now? How are we receiving his love as his beloved sons and daughters? And how does that love elicit a greater response in us for the sake of those whom we serve?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes to that. There's a few things that come to mind that's really helpful with regards to, you know, just the experience of parish life. Two things always come up. One, it's this tension between people will look at priests and they'll say, Why aren't they given more like finance and accounting and leadership and all these different like super practical kind of utilitarian like classes in seminary, right? And I could point that at you, Father Shane, as a vice rector. It's like, Why are these guys wasting all their time focusing on human formation? Why are they waste all their time on the spiritual theology? Why they're taking all these theology classes when bottom line they're going to like, preach to some simple folks in Northwest Iowa, but they need to run these big county-wide parishes now, right? It's like, why don't you do that, right? Or big, giant <clears throat> parishes in in suburban, you know, the Midwest, where, where we're kind of working with the men, at, you know, where we're, you're at, Kenrick. On the other side, priests sometimes kind of respond to, kind of respond to the, the, I think, a special emphasis on spiritual um, formation, right? The kind of... Emphasis that's been renewed and kind of a, the use of the Ignatian model of spirituality, the Ignatian retreats and stuff, and my own spirituality here, IPF that so many guys even see for priestly formation. So many men now doing thirty-day Ignatian silent retreats, all this stuff. And they say, "Well, what are we doing? We're not monks over here. We're not training these guys to be monks. We're trying to be parish priests." So it's like, where is the where is the medium between those two? I think what's clear is like a relationship with the Lord. It, it better be our our wheelhouse, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And if if it's happening, if that's happening, if, if real discernment is happening in the context of an apostolic mission, which the apostles were gathered in prayer when the Holy Spirit descended upon them, they were gathered together. They weren't just trying to be kind of like, okay, like I can be as holy as I can by myself in my own kind of silo. I'll say my prayers, I'll try to grow in holiness, I'll have my spiritual director, right? I think that's where a lot of guys find themselves right now. That's where a lot of people find themselves. Okay, as a theology teacher, as you know, a youth minister, as a campus minister, as just a lay person working in the world and I'm trying to allow Jesus to become present in my life, it's kind of me. I don't want it always to be, but it ends up being kind of me and Jesus. I have the sacraments, I have my adoration chapel, I have my place, right? But like you're saying, Father Shane, what does it look like to actually bring it out of just... A me and Jesus experience, bring it into an experience of the community. If that can happen, if that does happen, then all of a sudden the efforts of utilizing best practice of business leadership, right? Best practice of actually like um, managing folks that are, that are under you with a big staff or something like that, it's contextualized because the first mm-hmm. move is just to say, we should be the best business that calls itself a Catholic parish it should say, you know, we're a Catholic parish. What does that mean to have, like, our identity rooted in, you know, um, a stable community of the people of God represented, you know, in this area in mission with the bishop, a pastor actually shepherding his people? Um, That could be so helpful, right? Um, A struggle that I always felt myself a little bit in the parish was, was exactly that. It's like we do a lot of sacraments, we preach, we do a lot of things like that, There's not a lot of time where people come together and pray, right? Catholics come Mm -hmm. together and pray at liturgy, which is so important, right? There's the intercessions. There's the general intercessions that we pray. We pray for a lot of people. People have really beautiful and intense devotions through Mary, through the Divine Mercy Chapel, through various other novenas and things like that that have kind of come up in the life of the church that are really helpful, that people are growing in their own relationship with God, and they're really interceding, like the Sarah Club for our seminarians, right? Or these different groups that are really praying, or those seven sisters um, groups that are popping up and praying for their pastors, right? But I think this is something different that you're mentioning, right? That laity and clergy coming together to really pray, to invite the Lord into the experience of kind of renewal of the parish, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that you
1: had an experience with IPF the Institute for Priestly Formation. You, you mentioned that you have a background with Ignatian spirituality. And some have even criticized here, us, those of us here at Kenrick, that we are way too focused on IPF or Ignatian spirituality. And I think you can push back on that and say, no, we're actually just interested in being Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> We're interested in just being like Jesus because that's what he did. Where was Jesus noticing the will of the Father? And how did that prompt him to action? How was the early apostolic church charismatic? just utilizing the gifts of the Holy Spirit that were clearly present on Pentecost and thereafter. And how was that prompting new renewal, new zeal, new initiatives? Um, Just to act like Jesus is to want to do the will of the father and want to discern where is the spirit moving? Mm -hmm. Um, That's what we're called to. And priests are not called to just simply be a business manager. Uh, yes, we are called to or a preach. sacraments factory, right? Yeah, yeah. We have to govern, we have to sanctify, and we have to teach. Those those three offices of the priesthood are very important, and they all have their proper role. But so often in in this particular culture, we we can get reduced to just being a CEO of a religious organization. Um, but should not the leader of that community, should not the father of that community, be the one who is most interested in discerning the will of the Father? noticing what's resting on his heart and the hearts of those whom he serves those who are real prayer warriors and are interested in in intimacy with the trinity and who can say you know this has just been really resting on my heart could we all consider this together right Um, and and obviously we're all called to our individual prayer lives um, our individual intimacy with jesus but to do that collectively for the sake of mission um there are there are parishes, and there are Catholic organizations doing this really, really well. and it, and it it has to be at the root of who we are. Um, we're not just selling a program. We're not just out marketing an idea. We're not just we're, trying to
0: be nice and make people feel good. right <laughs> like
1: right we're 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 leading souls into communion with a living and true God yeah. for the sake of a relationship here on earth that will last for all of eternity. And so to to do that well, there has to be a core sense of leadership that is intentionally focused on relational, you know, relationships with the divine being. And that this has is, to be part of the mission.
0: Yeah, and if this is getting you as fired up, listener, as it is getting us fired up because like we're bashed about this stuff, you know, this can be done on, I'm just thinking right now, Father Shannon, like the macro level and the micro level, right? So like, sure. that's and that's where it's often the discernment's kind of missed. It's like, the macro level of really the vision casting, moving from the kind of maintenance of a of a just kind of status quo experience of a parish life, which isn't always bad. It's like that's that's okay, and in different kind of Christendom time, it's like that's what you got to do. It's like you just got to kind of you got this big institution, you got to kind of keep it clipping along. It's like that's okay. That that's part of it, of course, of course. If you don't keep up, kind of the maintenance of a thing, but to actually kind of recast the vision, when that's put on one guy, when it's just like okay, pastor. We know you're not really sure how long you're going to be here. You might be here for three, five, seven, eight years. Okay, you. You just need to kind of recast this vision, you know? Mm-hmm. The other side, I, I, I've experienced it myself where it's like, because pastors, it's, it's hard when they've moved around so much in their ministry, and especially now across the whole country, but especially for us, the Midwest, experiencing pastor planning like we have for so long in our diocese, Father Shane, mm-hmm. guys are getting moved around more. And there's a feeling of like, well, gosh, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. How much can I kind of invest? It's like, well, we'll just let the folks who are kind of not running the parish, but we'll let the people here kind of like let the parish be what they want it to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And both of those experiences kind of miss the mission. If it's just kind of all put on the priest or if it's kind of just left to the lady. But look at this when it comes together at a macro level and a micro level to say, what's our vision and where is the Holy Spirit moving in this place, in this time, in this community? Where's the potential? Where's Mm -hmm. the specific struggle? where does there need to be like real healing and real growth? And where Mm -hmm. can there be real, like kind of tapping into that potential? What what are the spiritual gifts available right now? Okay. Then on the micro level, when it comes down to like real decisions, you know, with personnel, real decisions with kind of like, maybe it's something, you know, um, maybe it's building something or maybe it's renovating something, or maybe it's implementing some kind of program or a new hire or something like that. It's like, then those, that macro kind of discernment, that's a vision that's actually like inviting the Holy Spirit into that process that gets applied in the particular through the intercession of the same, you know, Holy Spirit I, I, right. that can actually just like fill up. It doesn't just become a pipe dream of like, okay, cool. there be some people praying for us or like, that just sounds like one more thing I got to put on my calendar to have like a prayer meeting with all these people. And it's like, <laughs> no, like the busyness can actually be imbued with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's not just us kind of trying to work on our own.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and on that micro level, that can occur not only for the micro decisions or the micro projects, mm. testing the spirits, what does the Holy Spirit want here? But it can also be done on a macro level just in terms of, of various small groups. You know, Bible study groups, faith sharing groups, service groups in a parish, different groups going after demographics, whether that's homebound ministry. Uh, those distributing communion in in hospitals and nursing homes, those working in youth ministry, young
0: adult ministry, right?
1: Young adult ministry. All those different groups, you know, can ask the question: Are we setting aside time to really pray with and for one another, but also to notice collectively and individually in our prayer time where is the Spirit moving us? Where is the heart of Jesus in our midst for this ministry that we are passionate about? What is it that Jesus actually wants? Is He perhaps even inviting us? to step away from this ministry to do something new and fresh. Um, All of that could be happening. And now there might be some of our listeners saying, well, this is getting me excited. I'm going to go approach my pastor and I'm going to volunteer that I'm going to be his prayer warrior and we're going to have to start (laughs) meeting." You can always suggest that. Yeah. You can plant a seed and and your pastor might willingly take you up on that.
0: You also might freak (laughs) him out a little bit.
1: (laughs) Maybe. Um, I think the pastor does reserve the right, though, to say, I'm going to discern who the Lord is inviting me to discern with on my team, right? Yeah. You know, he might have 85 people at his doorstep saying, I want to be on your prayer team. You know, I want to be on your warrior team. Uh, let's discern the future of the parish together. Okay, no. Uh, that, that might be helpful, and you can always suggest that, and, and maybe you want to create your own uh, your faith-sharing group or your own prayer team for a particular mission, uh, if nothing else, just for the good of the pastor and his ministry. But I think the pastor also reserves the right to say, who are my my trusted people that he knows through spiritual direction, spiritual conversations, and even in confessions, uh, not that he would ever reveal anything from confession, but how does, how does he really know his flock well to say, I'm going to invite you to pray with me for the good of this parish so that we can really discern well what Jesus is desiring for our little local church and our local community. Um, you know, he has to discern that as much as he has to kind of balance very clearly all the volunteer efforts and the, and the offerings of gifts and talents that, that are always coming at him in a various location.
0: Yes. <laughs> you know what i No. Yeah. Thanks. Father <laughs> it just, that encourages me in my ministries that I'm doing right now, but then also that kind of hope for parish renewal in the future yeah Mm -hmm. thanks for bringing that up and I mean and thanks for having those discussions it's good to know and I hope it's good for like the folks listening to know that the men forming your future pastors are having these discussions right now right so I think it's just Mm -hmm. helpful of like we actually have you in mind um, we have the growth of the church in mind
1: right Father Karate, it's always good to be with you let's keep one another in prayer let's keep our listeners in prayer and please pray for us so that we can continue to discern how this podcast can best reach you God bless Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at
0: gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.